Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. It is Locked On Hornets coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man who is number one in my league pass rankings, David Walker. Had to bring up league pass on. We couldn't go. (laughs) Just one show about twisting the knife, just a little. I was trying to give you a compliment, just like uh, Hillary and Donald Trump gave each other a compliment at the end of the debate. I was just trying to say one nice thing about you uh, before ripping into every single one of your opinions. If it means anything, I respect your children. So there you go. You don't have to worry about league pass tonight with the Hornets game because it no. won't it won't help you. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll examine the uh, opportunities to watch or listen to the game uh, the game tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves that tips off at seven o'clock here in Charlotte at Spectrum Center later on in the show. Also, an update from Sunday's practice and a couple of injury updates. We'll get to those. first got to tell you we are part of the locked on podcast network your team every day panthers fans head over to itunes after the show subscribe to the locked on panthers podcast with host steve reed and nba fans if you haven't checked out locked on nba with host david Locke, you're missing out on tons of information and great interviews if you have a question a comment or you want to sponsor the show email us at buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com david Let's start things off in Connecticut, where the Hornets took on the Celtics for the second game in a row and their third preseason game overall. Hornets lose this one, David, 104-86, their third straight preseason loss. A lot of starters getting some rest in this one. Both Nick Batum and Marvin Williams get the DNP for the Hornets. On the Celtics side, no Avery Bradley, no Isaiah Thomas, no Amir Johnson, or uh, star center Al Horford all sitting for this game, along with Kelly Olynyk, who is still uh, rehabbing an injury. Poor three-point shooting and early turnovers continue to be surprising early stories for the Hornets, who shot the long ball so well last season and protected the ball better than any team last season. They finished this one one of 19 from beyond the arc and committed 19 turnovers for 28 Celtics points. Not too many individual performances to highlight, David. Frank Kaminsky got a ton of run in this one, almost 34 minutes, finishing with 10 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists. Roy Hibbert had 3 block shots and 3 offensive rebounds, taking care of the paint. Reserve Christian Wood finished with 13 points and 7 rebounds off the bench. David, what were your takeaways from this third preseason game for the Charlotte Hornets? Well, I wanted to ask you about this, Doug, because to me, again, this is the first real game action I've seen them play uh, that wasn't, you know, chopped up highlights. And maybe it had something to do, well, it certainly had something to do with the the guys that were sitting out, the guys that weren't playing, the guys that were playing. But, I mean, especially when you compare it to the Celtics, who also had some of those guys out, 
I mean, this it just did not look like a, a cohesive team at all, which again, it's preseason, you know, third game, circumstances are what they are. But I mean, the Celtics looked light years ahead of the Hornets, to me at least, as far as ball movement, communication, um, and basically anything having to do with playing an organized game. I mean, is that what you've seen? Am I being too harsh? Was I expecting too much by seeing some of these guys, guys out there? I mean, they had their moments, but it, even when they were up in the first quarter, it, the Celtics looked like the better team to me, which, you know, they, they are, <laughs> but, but, I, but they were playing better. Yeah, I, well, I think, so here's the deal. This is a big takeaway, I think, from all three of the preseason games, sort of a, a big takeaway from this point in the preseason that they, they do not look like a cohesive team offensively, mm-hmm. but I think there are a combination of factors going on that, that's led to this slow start. First of all, you know, la- you have to look at last year. Last year they had that trip to China that everyone w- w- talked about. China. That everyone... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that everyone talked about as being very uh, uh, influential for the Hornets in, in, in developing cohesiveness and developing yep. a very quick sense of team, even though they had a lot of new players. Okay, so you don't have that this season. You've got a more traditional training camp preseason experience. But another factor is the fact that they've had key injuries to guys like Kimball Walker and Cody Zeller and Brian Roberts. Mm-hmm. Especially when you look at Kimba and Brian, I think two guys who helped develop that cohesiveness from the point guard position. And then just looking at last night, they, uh, or excuse me, looking at uh, Saturday, they had. Uh, they did not have Nick Batum or Marvin Williams, and those are two guys, uh, at least Nick Batum, especially on the offensive end, as we're talking about offensive cohesiveness, he's a guy that really gets things going with his passing game. And I think Kimball Walker, even though he is back, he's still on a minutes restriction. He's still mm-hmm. getting healthy. He's still getting into game shape. And I think Michael Kidd Gilchrist, too, still getting into game shape. So I just think that the first part of this preseason, you know, they play these four games pretty close to one another. Then they take a six-day break after tonight's game, and then they play four more. So, you know, I think you really have to start making some value judgments in those last couple of preseason games when there there shouldn't be that excuse of, well, these guys are getting into game shape that are coming off injuries. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and that's kind of what you expect to see. It is concerning. I mean, you look, they've only broken 90 points one time so far this preseason. So some of those scoring concerns that Coach Clifford mentioned leading up to the season are starting to to, to bear out. Um, but again, I mean, this we have to we have to just caveat all of this right with it is preseason. The lineups are weird. Some guys are not playing. So you know, there's reason to hold back judgment. But just when you watch the games, you know, it's like it's not a cohesive unit as we just said. So there's certainly some concerns. I'll be interested to see the next four game stretch though. I think that'll be a good test because, um, you know, as you mentioned, playing these first four so close together uh, and not having a lot of turnaround time and getting some guys, there's just a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I mean, it's preseason. There's a lot of stuff going on and they certainly haven't played like they want to play yet. Yeah. A lot of bad shooting. As, as I said, you know, you look at the, you look at the box score for this last game, five of 17 from the field for Frank Kaminsky. And a lot of the talk in that game was how well he was doing in the post, some of his interior moves, but he's zero of 13, from beyond the arc yeah. for the preseason, for his, so his shot isn't there yet. Uh, and then Michael Kidd Gilchrist not shooting the ball particularly well uh, from outside of the paint. Uh, so a lot of guys still, and they say that you know shooters take a little bit of time 
to to get that rhythm back. And so you grant them a few preseason games to, to get back into the groove. Uh, but I think, again, the combination of that and not having – uh, th- those players that really make this team cohesive, Nick Batum, Kimball Walker, at their, and Michael K. Gilchrist at their full uh, um, you know, game shape, not having those guys mm-hmm. is, is tough for the Hornets. So you know, I, I, look for the, I, I look for them to improve, but I think what is concerning is that even in these games, you've got guys who are getting more playing time than they're, than they're used to, and, and you don't have anyone really making standout performances. Nah. Like Frank Kaminsky, even though he played 33 minutes, almost 34 minutes last night, did have a double-double, 10 and 12, but when you play 34 minutes, you know, yeah, I think you expect a little bit more offensive production. Uh, and, and a he's, little... gotta be, he's gotta be able to hit some of those threes, Doug. I mean, some of them are, are wide open, too. I mean, he's just gotta be able to knock some of those down this year. Yeah, and and when you talk about so the Celtics played a lot of their reserves as well, so it wasn't as if they were playing all of their starters and and the Hornets were without uh, several people and and they've had they had standout performances. I mean, uh, let's see, Jordan Mickey, sixteen points, ten uh, sixteen points on eight of ten shooting and six rebounds in twenty one minutes of play. And then they got 14 points from Tyler Zeller on five of seven shooting, really tore up that mid-range and took advantage of Roy Hibbert's uh, inability to step out and a couple of defensive uh, mistakes there. Although I think Roy Hibbert had a good game overall for 22 minutes. Uh, you know, he had six points, nine rebounds, had those three offensive rebounds, as I mentioned, three block shots. So he was, you know, a factor defensively. But, you know, when you look at the Hornets, it's definitely a team that is – getting better slowly. It's not, you know, it's not happening as quickly as it did last season. Is that a concern? It doesn't seem to be a huge concern to Steve Clifford when you hear him after the game and when you hear him after practice. You know, I think he's taking a patient approach with this team as they look to, you know, you have to take into consideration, David, they're looking to replace Al Jefferson's scoring. And Al Jefferson's mm-hmm. effect on this offense, which was huge, you know, having a guy that you can throw the ball into, and you know, every couple of possessions to get your offense back on track, you know, as as much as we talked about the liability that he was on defense, the asset that he was on offense made a big difference to this team during stretches of last season and certainly over his career in Charlotte. They're not doing that with Roy Hibbert. I mean, they're not. They have opportunities to get him the ball inside, and they're using him more in the pick and roll, and and not necessarily he's not the first option on offense. So there's a lot of different things going on right now for the Hornets. Yeah, I mean some things you did like they won the rebounding battle, um, and with you know two seven footers and Kaminsky and Hibbert playing a lot of those minutes, I guess you would expect that along with MKG. Another thing that they're shooting well at the free throw line, and that includes MKG, which could be valuable, especially if they can't hit anything from the outside. So I was surprised. I was Well, I was pleasantly surprised to see that in KG because we've been following his shot, obviously, since he's come into the league. And his free throw shooting has not always been there. So he was five of six, and he's knocking down those free throws, which is a good sign. Uh, Hibbert, again, was four for four. And I think if, you know, if they can't shoot, they're going to have to be able to score somehow. So getting to the line is going to be key. Kemba looked a bit rusty in this one to me, Doug. I mean, had a, at least an air ball and a half. Uh, in that first half there. Yeah, I mean, and, and okay, so the turnovers, I mean, that's the other thing too, right? I mean, that's a big thing you look at when you're talking about 
playing together, being cohesive, communication, all that stuff. Um, on some of these plays, the Celtics, Jay Crowder and company, they just play harder the entire time than the Hornets did, and they're going to get those steals. So um, I think it's a good measuring stick, but again, it's just not what Clifford wants to see. I can't imagine he was happy with this performance for most of the game. Yeah, I agree. A couple of other things I liked. Uh, I thought Jeremy Lamb, so he he comes into this game after being uh, called out somewhat by Steve Clifford, along with the rest mm-hmm. of that second unit defense. Uh, Clifford not happy with their performance uh, after that second preseason game against Boston in Greensboro. So, you know, he comes he comes into this third preseason game a lot like uh, I thought I thought he well I thought he ended this preseason game a lot like Trump into that debate where you know you come in and you've got to you've just got to stop the bleeding you've got to prove you know he gets the chance to start in this game you got to prove that you know you can stay focused on defense because you've already shown what you can do on offense now you've got to mm-hmm. see what you can do on defense and he started the game a little shaky on defense I thought both. He had to match up against Jalen Brown, the much-touted rookie for the Boston Celtics. And I thought that both Jalen and Jeremy were able to get the best of one another on ball. But I thought, for the most part, Jeremy Lamb stayed pretty focused off ball. And then in the when he got back into the game in the, in the second half, I thought he did a much better job staying with Jalen Brown, staying focused. Uh, he was a little late getting some help on Tyler Zeller, and that led to a foul. But he did he did try to recover, uh, and then uh, finally he made when it, when he went out of the game for good. He made a um, one of those again very Jeremy Lamian errors on defense where uh, I maybe there was a miscommunication between Jeremy Lamb and Hibbert on a on a direct handoff play from Jerebko who Hibbert was guarding and James Young who. Lamb was guarding, and Lamb goes. the The direct handoff happens to Drebko, and Lamb goes behind Roy Hibbert, and so now uh, James Young or Jerebko has a completely clear path to get by uh, to get by Roy Hibbert. And if Hibbert had recovered, which he didn't, and Jerebko uh, ended up getting fouled and going to the line, but even had Jerebko recovered, he would have had a a clear pass, or had Hibbert recovered on Jerebko, Jerebko would have had a clear shot to pass to James Young, who would have had a wide open three. So, again, a very Jeremy Lammy and error. Although I will say this, I don't, I don't think that's why he didn't play the rest of the game. I thought he, you know he came out and um, definitely with with everything that's going on and every, all the guys that were resting in this game, I thought that. You know, uh, some other reserves needed a look. Jeremy Lamb started the game. I think Clifford got a good enough look at what what Lamb was doing, um, but I don't. I don't think honestly that he played. Yeah, I thought he recovered. I thought he stopped the bleeding. That was the big. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the big uh, thing out of this out of this uh, second presidential debate. I thought Jeremy Lamb stopped the bleeding a little bit on his defensive play, uh, even though again he only played fifteen and a half minutes. Yeah, only 15 minutes there along with Kemba. But um, like we said, I, it doesn't matter what he does on offense anymore, I don't think, because I know – or they know what he can do. And they know he's a pretty confident scorer, so he's going to have to prove himself on defense if he wants those minutes. 
And the last thing I like, Christian Wood impressed me as the yeah, game went yeah. on. Thirteen points, seven rebounds for a guy. Again, he's on a he's on a guaranteed contract, so he's with the Hornets. Uh, whatever happens, and they really like his potential. And you just look at, at Christian Wood, and he looks like a player that should be really, really good on offense. But he is still very raw, and he looked shaky uh, early on in the game. But uh, he did prove it didn't it didn't always come easy at times. Here's Wood after practice on Sunday talking about his game. It was hard to get into a rhythm in the beginning of the game, but as the game kept going, I started, you know, getting to the offense and uh, learning, you know, where to be on the floor and stuff like that. And, you know, God, we got guys like Spencer making good plays, so it was going real good. And he talked about, too, he's, he's not used to being, and we heard this from when we talked to Trevion Graham, that these guys who have played, first of all, he played in Philadelphia, which is always a, a tough place to play because there's a, there's a lot going on there, but he also played in the D-League, and uh, there's not a lot of system offense going on there so you know getting used to being in that system offense it it can be tough for those guys a tough transition but he seemed to he seemed to start to pick things up later in the game I I liked what I saw from him you know I mean it's always interesting to see a guy like that because he's pretty big guy and he moves pretty well um I thought he I thought he looked better than maybe than I expected I mean a little bit clunky at times but He'll have some moves with confidence, right? I mean, that's what you kind of look for in these young guys. Um, hesitation at times, I guess, but I was pleasantly surprised by, you know, coming from where he's come from and, and doing what he's trying to do, I think he proved himself fine. All right, the team did practice on Sunday. Coach Steve Clifford said Kimball Walker was tired, but his surgically repaired left knee felt fine. Cody Zeller is back to doing non-contact drills. He's still recovering from a bone bruise to his right knee. He suffered during the playoffs last season. He started training camp doing non-contact, but was put on rest only after the knee did not respond. A good development for the Hornets, who will need his added defensive skills at center this season. Luckily, David, no other injuries to report. That's important to note in this preseason as we sort of delve deeper than most people would into these preseason statistics and preseason performances. You have to understand that the absolute most important thing coming out of preseason is uh, to have all of your all of your main contributors healthy and the Hornets getting closer and closer to having that become a reality. So let's look ahead yep. to this game tonight in Charlotte against the Minnesota Timberwolves tip off at seven o'clock PM at the Spectrum Center. David TV, I I don't think there's going to be any TV coverage, unfortunately, uh, from either affiliate and then radio. Uh, I know that um, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves are covering this on radio. I don't know about WFNZ. I haven't seen anything to that effect, but here in Charlotte. But uh, if we do see something, we will tweet it on our uh, Twitter account at Locked On Hornet. So make sure to follow us there for all of the latest information coming into this game. Uh, the Hornets coming to this one, looking to put it all together, get one win before they take a six day break for a look at what's been happening in the Timberwolves season preseason. We send it over to Alan Horton, host of Locked on Wolves and the radio play-by-play announcer of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, the Timberwolves come into Charlotte having played one preseason game, and it was kind of by design for new head coach Tom Thibodeau, who wanted to spend two full weeks uh, really at the Wolves training facility, having a true training camp. He wanted to get him accustomed to him, accustomed to his system, kind of get a feel for their new home over the next six months. And so they really uh, hammered things out in the first two weeks. They came out of their injury-free, and then they played their first preseason game on Saturday. It was in Kansas City, and 
and they uh, rallied from a 19-point deficit in the second half to beat the Miami Heat 109-100. to It was a balanced attack. Nobody played too many minutes. Ever. All 10 guys that Tibbs had out there played 21-28 to minutes. Carl Anthony Towns was a beast last year's Rookie of the Year in just 27 minutes of play. He had 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 blocks. Um, Andrew Wiggins was a beast getting to the free throw line 16 times. And the Wolves uh, really have struggled to embrace the three-point shot the last couple of years. Uh, they were 10 of 23 from beyond the arc. Um, they only hit 10 threes in a game five times last year. They only took 23 attempts in a game nine times last year. So that gives you an idea of where the Wolves are heading into this season. They're going to embrace that three-point shot Maybe not as much as the Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors or even the Charlotte Hornets last season, but it's uh, it's going to be a part of their game as they kind of redistribute some of those shots. They took an awful lot of shots from the mid-range last year. They want to get those balanced out and be more competitive at the three-point line. Wolves come in uh, pretty much injury-free. They're going to have Rubio, Levine, Wiggins, Jang, and Towns as their starting five, likely, if uh, all things go according to the way they did the other night in Kansas City. And then off the bench, look for the rookie Chris Dunn, who had an impressive debut, already has an NBA-type body. Um, he's well-developed at 22. In fact, he's already older than Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Tyus Jones. Uh, Dunn's leading that second unit along with Brandon Rush, the former Golden State Warrior, Nemanja Bialica, Shabazz Muhammad, and Cole Aldridge. So that's kind of the story as the Wolves head into Charlotte coming up later tonight. So interesting stuff there from Alan Horton, uh, who is the radio play-by-play announcer for the Timberwolves. He's also the host of Locked on Wolves. So it sounds like that uh, friend, uh, Steve, uh, Coach Clifford's friend, Tom Thibodeau, trying to put the Wolves through a similar uh, transformation that Steve Clifford put the Hornets through last season, trying to get them uh, to shoot more three-pointers. He was quoted as as saying, uh, we gave up nine three-pointers a game last year, and we made only five and a half. That's like starting the game 10 points behind. So, you know, Thibodeau gets it. He gets the math. He understands that this team has to shoot more three-pointers in order to make more three-pointers and and not start the game by spotting the other team 10 points. Yeah, pretty interesting, Doug. I mean, this team and two different approaches, right, to training camp. You heard Clifford and the guys that are just playing a lot more, and uh, Thibodeau's sounds much more uh, regimented, much more structured as far as getting in, having an actual camp and breaking those guys down. So the Timberwolves are one of those teams that are very hot right now. They're, they're the sexy pick in the West to make a little noise and try and get into the playoffs. So you're seeing Carl Anthony Towns and, you know, some MVP <laughs> discussions or at least odds out there. And he is, we saw him last year. I mean, he, he's going to be special if he's not already special. So that's going to be a tough cover and just a bunch of young legs, Doug, I mean, and depth. I mean, you, he mentioned Chris Dunn, just the depth of point guard alone there is something to be envied. So uh, it'll be a fun game for folks to watch if they can get by before the Monday nighter uh, here in Charlotte the Panthers are playing as well. So um, another good test, it, it, uh, you know, it could be a tough matchup. Now. I'm just thinking about all these young guys running and jumping around. If the Hornets saw their full complement of players going tonight, um, it could be interesting. I don't know. Do you see them going getting, it feels like they want to try and get the rest of the guys 
some minutes. Maybe they didn't play the other night, especially with this layoff coming up. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think with the layoff coming up, I think you want to – it would be nice for the Hornets to end this uh, four-game stretch with, with one victory to and some positive notes to take in uh, to this break that they have coming up before the rest of their preseason. And it's in front of your home crowd, even though, there, mm-hmm. as you said, there, there might not be many people there because you've got the Panthers playing as well. Uh, and of course, there's no there's uh, no legitimate way at this point to to watch it on television. So it will be an interesting atmosphere there uh, in Spectrum Center. But we will be there. I will be there. So uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets for for images and and tweets uh, during the game. But um, yeah, I think this uh, this all breaks down to can they defend the three point shooting from. Uh, the Timberwolves because they will be looking to shoot the three-pointer and can they uh, try to contain Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins as they uh, try to get to the rim and, I, and I'll be interested to see Chris Dunn lead that second unit because I am hearing uh, really great things about them they also added uh, Jordan Hill is a player I, I like a lot so uh, should be uh, should be an interesting matchup David looking forward to it again follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets for updates on that Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a recap of this fourth Hornets preseason game. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.